Hello and welcome to this, the first episode of Gibraltar Stories of 2020. What better way to kick off a new series of podcasts than with the event that kickstarts Gibraltar's social calendar on the 5th of January, the Cavalcade. For those of you listening a little bit further afield, away from the Rock and the Iberian Peninsula, you may not be completely aware of the significance of the 5th of January. It marks the 12th night after Christmas Day and the following day is the Feast of the Epiphany which is the time when the three kings visited baby Jesus in Bethlehem bearing gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. This festival is widely celebrated across the border from Gibraltar in Spain and is as big if not bigger than Christmas Day itself in terms of gift giving and feasting. Here in Gibraltar, the 5th of January means the Cavalcade, the community events, the closest thing Gibraltar has to a carnival. Local businesses, community organisations, local families and groups of friends get together to decorate floats. They then process south along Main Street from Casemate Square to the Cathedral of St Mary the Crowned following the Three Kings and accompanied by marching bands and local beauty queens and perhaps most importantly for the younger members of the community, lots of people handing out sweets. No, the New Year's diet can't truly begin in Gibraltar until after cavalcade has happened. It all starts in Casemate Square, which becomes a bright and very loud cacophony of noise after dark on the 5th of January, with each float pumping out music at full blast. though let me take you back in time a bit to the days leading up to the cavalcade night itself we're in that lull that time between christmas and new year when nobody can quite remember what day it actually is Uh, and i'm in the area of the bus station and the midtown car park here in the center of gibraltar And it's a hive of activity as some of the teams who are working on their cavalcade floats are putting in the hard work to create these amazing floats from what are just flatbed trucks at the moment. Erica Budenham, President of the Cavalcade Committee. Okay, so Eric, down here in the coach, Midtown Coach Park, it's a hive of activity at the moment. Well, yes, we're trying to get the three kings floats ready for, for the day, obviously. Um, the, we dismantle it every year and um, we have to put it all back, you know, sort of when we start getting ready for it. So, uh, yeah, we've got most of the committee here helping out and uh, doing the business. That's brilliant. So how much work does it take then for the, for the cavalcade? Because it's just one night in the year, but presumably there's an awful lot of planning that goes in. Yeah, well, the planning is done by the committee, but obviously the, the various floats are done by different entities, and uh, they also put in a, a lot of work, particularly at this difficult time of the year, because obviously Christmas period, the New Year's period, and everybody's involved in parties and dinners and... You know, and uh, it is a difficult time of the year. But nevertheless, we still have those who brave themselves and uh, support the cavalcade. Because it's not just going out and watching the cavalcade that you support it. But uh, if you don't have those who 
put in the effort to make the float. And obviously there's nothing to support. Absolutely. Now, how, how important would you say the cavalcade is to Gibraltar? Well, it's the first event uh, in the new year, after the New Year's festivities. So, uh, and you have to look at the amount of people that come down to watch it, young and old, to find out that it is quite an important activity of Gibraltar social calendar. So in, in every respect, you know, I mean, it's something that we must continue to, to provide for Gibraltar as a whole. Now, a few years ago, it was, there was a relatively small number of floats who turned out, but in recent years, that, the number's been boosted a lot, hasn't it? Well, one year we had seven, but it's not been the first time that we've had seven. We always have peaks and troughs. Um, it all depends, the entities, and it all depends, the circumstances. And obviously, so long as we've we got 10 or 12, we have a decent cavalcade. I mean, I remember we've had up to 22 floats, um, but nevertheless, you know, it, it depends and um, we encourage people to participate and we've increased uh, the actual money that we give to different floats and uh, we also have introduced prize money. So, you know, I mean, we're trying our best to get people involved, but it's very, very difficult. I can appreciate that. As you mentioned, it's such a busy time of year for everybody, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, you know, but... Um, then everybody wants to go out and watch it and then people criticize whether the quality whether the, the lack of numbers you know so um, I think for Gibraltar to enjoy Gibraltar must support it and how, how old is the cavalcade we're into the 63rd anniversary so um, uninterrupted and we've been going on not that I have been involved for 63 years but um, I've probably been involved in 30 odd years already um, but nevertheless, you know, it's something I reckon quite important for the social calendar in Gibraltar. Definitely. Now, looking back at old footage of uh, the cavalcades in years gone by, there were horses, there were camels and all sorts, weren't there? Yeah, well, at the beginning they had horses, then they started to bring camels. We've even had uh, Hackney Carriage taking the Three Kings. And then we started to introduce floats in the early, early 80s. And since we've had something like five or six different floats, although people might have thought they were the same floats, but no, we've had five or six different floats. Then we had fiberglass camels. I remember those. <laughs> but obviously without places to store them, you know, they were, they were left out in the open. Obviously these things deteriorate. So, um, and it was difficult for people to get up. So then we decided to come back to floats. And uh, last year we, we, we bought quite an expensive um, units, you know, as floats. They specifically made it for us, you know, the, the sizes we wanted, the width, the length. And obviously we've got three very, very good floats. And now we've been given a place where to store them, so obviously they won't rot away like the others did. Now, one question I have to ask is, how do you decide who gets to be one of the three kings who rides on the float? Well, that, we have a lot of people who come forward and ask us. And obviously they want to be one of the three kings. We see it as an honour for somebody to be asked to go as one of the three kings. Uh, and obviously we tend to choose people from the community, who have done things for the cavalcade, who have done things for the community, and amongst those who request. 
sometimes we go looking for somebody in particular because we feel that they deserve to be to be given the opportunity. And now it looks like you've got an awful lot still to get to get done before then. Well, not for us. I mean, we've only got to decorate the the actual floats. I mean, we've got all the um, all the things underneath the the carriages. But today we're just setting up the that the, the sort of the the um, the most uh, heavy things, and then all we need to put is curtains, new thrones that we bought. Uh, you know, sort of palm trees and things like that that we've got hidden underneath the the, the float. So um, that's the the least of the of the chores that we've still got to do. Okay. Well, thank you. I shall leave you in peace to do it. Thanks so much for speaking no, thank, to me. Thank you very much for. And good luck. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much for doing it. I ventured back to the Midtown Coach Park where I'd spoken to Eric a few days earlier to see how things were going with the final preparations. As you can hear, it was a hive of activity. My name's Horace, Horace Ponfante. I'm a nursing assistant in Mount Alvernia. And it's for Mount Alvernia that you're doing the flow? For the elderly, yes. For the elderly and together with Medoc. We've done it together. Brilliant. So uh, how long have you been working on this? <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> weeks? A few weeks now. A few weeks now, yeah. We've been planning it like for, a, for about two months. But we've been so busy because we've been doing other things for Christmas up, upstairs and everything. So we got the whole thing together just in a couple of days because we've been, we've been doing stuff slowly. And, and Amanda as well with the grotto. We've taken the grotto down up there and we've used all most of our stuff as well, yeah. But I can see the dragon on your float. It's absolutely fantastic. Who was responsible for that? That was my idea because when Amanda was doing the grotto, it's all was very related. And I said to her, you're missing a dragon. So we went ahead after, what, four dragons later? We got it right. <laughs> Can we go around the corner away yeah, from yeah, the music? Yeah. It's just got very loud all of a sudden. <laughs> there, that's so better. it was about four different trials later, because I'd never done anything like this before. We managed to get it together and we pulled it off. And it's on the front page of the paper this I morning, know, the I'm day like, before the, the cavalcade. I'm shocked. <laughs> so why why put a float on the cavalcade? Well, because our boss really, I mean we, I mean she's the Amanda's the activities coordinator. She's the head of department, and we like creating a lot. So we're always thinking, and our boss. Um, Susan uh, approached us whether we wanted to do this because we've done several things over Christmas like GBC Open Day and every year Amanda does a grotto which is really really nice up there for the residents and during the whole year the residents you know do stuff and because we want the residents to produce their work you know it's it's important for us and for them Definitely, to keep them stimulated yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and actually and motivated, and and they've got something you know to do, and and Amanda keeps them busy. And what about the cavalcade as a whole? How important would you say it is to the community in Gibraltar? Well, it's so well attended every year, uh, whatever the weather. So I'm assuming it's up there on the list of to dos to start the year. Um, I think it's great for community spirit, and it's nice to see so many children out as well. So like the whole of Gibraltar comes out and 
it's nice to expose work and all the hard work and the ideas coming through. I guess it's a way of kind of outreaching into the community as well. Yeah, I mean, you, you need to keep your community ties strong, um, especially because we're right up there, up the rock. Our, our place is not ideally situated, so, you know... Isolation. Yeah, it keeps us in the public eye. <laughs> Lino Bridges. I'm one of the coaches of the Glasses Under 8s. Fantastic. So why are you doing um, a, a cavalcade float this year? This is our second year, and to be honest, after seeing the fun that the kids had and how it helped the team building and the team spirit last year. I mean, the kids automatically said, can we do it again this year? And we said, well, we just have to. With all the hard work that goes with it, especially around this, uh, these dates, but seeing them come together and helping and, and just being a team um, just convinces us and hopefully we'll do it for many more years. Brilliant. Now, as you said, it's, diffi- it's a difficult time of year. Everybody's got commitments over Christmas and New Year. How many hours' work do you think goes into putting the float on? It's difficult to answer. We've certainly, every time we've been here, we've probably done an average of maybe four hours. Um, we've tried to sort of mix, so some people have been able to do a bit more and others a bit less. Um, but in total, at least 25, 30 hours as a minimum. That's quite a lot of work to find over such a busy time, isn't it? It is, but again, the kids having so much fun and another big positive is that the parents as well have been so helpful. I mean, you know, all of them willing to come along and help. And that, again, although the, the boys are a, are a team, I have to thank the parents as well because the parents are magnificent in how they help um, Nathan and I in, in taking this team forward. So a big, massive thanks to them as well. Brilliant. And finally, what do you think the cavalcade means to Gibraltar as a community? As a community, I mean, last year was the first time I ever sort of did anything like this. And it was amazing to see going up that main street and seeing so many happy faces and, and how it brought everyone together. For me, that was the image of seeing those faces um, was was immense so I was really pleased to have done it and hence why we're more than happy in, in doing it this year and as I say hopefully we can do it for many more years. We're doing the float, it's, we've been doing it for five years now and it's uh, Bayoki, the, the Bayoki family. family together with Europa FC. Oh fantastic, so I'm hazarding a guess looking at platform nine and three quarters, quarters. <laughs> the Harry Potter theme. That's it, <laughs> it's the Harry Potter, it's quite popular and this year, I don't know why, everything is Harry Potter, so we decided to go for it. Fantastic. How do you go about setting a theme then each year? Well, actually, as soon as we finish the, like, it, as soon as we finish this one this year, we're already thinking about the next one. Wow. Just getting things going. So, actually, last year we wanted to do, like, The Greatest Showman. And then all the kids wanted Harry, Harry Potter, so we just went for that thing. But as soon as we finish, we start with the other one. Fantastic. And how, I mean, there's a, a huge amount of work gone into this, I can see. Have you any idea how many hours work goes into putting a float right. on? For an idea, from August, I'm asking for the costumes. And then it's the trailer, and then it's all the big stuff we have to get sorted. But then, as from the 22nd of December, it's every day here. And I've been here from 10 o'clock in the morning till 12 o'clock at night, so... Good heavens. It's lots of hours. No Christmas. <laughs> But it's for the kids. It's to see the kids' faces. It's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. So 
I mean, how do you how do you keep the momentum going, especially over Christmas when people are going to want to spend time with their families? It's quite hard because everybody's got somewhere to go or family event or something. But it's a lot of us. So at the beginning, it's only three or four, but then around the 29th, 27th, 28th, 29th, those days, then it's about 15 of us over here. So it's when we get things really going. But the worst part is my part from August onwards. <laughs> <laughs> That's a heck of an undertaking. Why do you do it every year? I do it every year for the kids. As soon as summer comes, they start asking me, Auntie, are you going to do it? Mum, please, I want to go. Um, and to see their faces on the day, that's everything. That's everything. Um, one of the years, I think it was last year, I, just, I said, I'm not going to do it, it's too much, and I've got so much work. And then three weeks before the event, I just went for it again. <laughs> so this year I said, yeah, I'm not even going to say it, I'm just going for it, and that's it. How important would you say that the cavalcade is to Gibraltar as a whole? It, I think it's very important for the families. The kids love them. And if the adults don't make the effort, the kids cannot do it by themselves. So we have to be there. And the whole community has to help in some way. Like we've got a higher shop with the, with the generator, with the trolleys. Everybody can help out in, even if it's the most insignificant thing, can be so special for us. So if everybody can help, that's brilliant. That's wonderful. I look forward to seeing you Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. On the evening of January the 5th, the cavalcade set off along Main Street, serenaded by a number of local bands and really entertaining the families who lined the route along the way. Some of the sounds from the night itself, which was great fun for all the family. And that, I'm afraid, brings us to the end of this episode. Many thanks to Eric Abudaram, Horace, Sina and Lino for speaking to me for this podcast. It was fascinating to see firsthand all the hard work that went into making the event so special. I'll be back again next week with another Gibraltar story for you and as it's International Women's Day on the 8th of March I thought that throughout March I'd bring you stories of inspiring Gibraltar women. The first one of those will be coming your way next week. In the meantime, if you're looking for something else to listen to, I can highly recommend BBC Radio 4 Extras, the podcast radio hour, because a couple of weeks ago it featured Gibraltar Stories. The episode is called Local Podcasts for Local People and features several podcasts which celebrate their local areas around the UK and here in Gibraltar. It was a thrill to be asked if Gibraltar stories could be included and a real boost. Thank you very much to Amanda Litherland and Greg Cochran for saying such nice things about my little podcast. Thank you to you too for listening and for taking an interest in Gibraltar stories. I'd be really grateful if you'd recommend Gibraltar stories to your friends or leave a review on your favourite podcast app. That's all from me for this week. Thanks very much for listening and remember to look out for next week's episode featuring an inspiring Gibraltar woman.